0: You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With
1: your Let's hosts, go. Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut
0: you. And Harrison Crow, Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kick off to the shoot.
1: set play it's a given and go. everybody, and welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I am your host, Ian. With me today, I have Kieran, the kingmaker, Doyle. Say hey to everybody, Kieran.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: Hello, indeed. Harrison is out this week. It's just going to be a uh, show between me and Kieran. Kieran, is there anything you've uh, always wanted to ask me, both privately and also in front of everybody on the internet?
0: I really did want you to explain where the uh, Dragon of Dojima came from, for, for the listeners. Oh!
1: <laughs> yeah, from the first episode we did back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was watching something on YouTube and uh, like this, uh, I left it on over there and it just kind of like auto played something about Yakuza. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like those games. And then I remembered, you know, the Mad Dog of Shimano and the Dragon of Dojima. And I was like, those nicknames are pretty awesome. So I'm going to give one to Harrison and one to Kieran.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had absolutely not played the Yakuza game. So I had to look it up yeah. afterwards. And I was like, oh, this seems really interesting.
1: Yeah, they're they're quite wild. If you like um, they're, they're the premise of those games, and we're just going to talk about yakuza for a minute here, I guess is that uh, what makes them really entertaining is you know they're presumably about you know a criminal man who's in the yakuza, but you know he he never really gets around to doing crime because he just wants to improve the neighborhood around him and help everybody. Um, so the stories make basically zero sense because of that, but they're they're delightful to play. So if you ever get a chance and just feel like a, a good little uh, small open world. Action RPG kind of thing. Like uh you you could do a lot worse than the than the one of like fifty Yakuza games, and you can start on any of them. They're all extremely insane and crazy and fun. So that Good. was our uh, yeah, that was our Yakuza uh, segment <laughs> as we do <laughs> each and every week. Uh yeah, we got kind of a uh smaller show this week because uh, you know, we're we're towards the end of things. Uh we just had our semifinals, two very uh interesting games. Um I would say one really good game and one sort of expected you know, game. Yeah, game that went about as expected. So um, let's just go ahead and, you know, I think get into that a little bit. And, um, you know, then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, exciting upcoming uh, MLS Cup final. And uh, we'll go from there. So uh, first things first, let's start with, uh, I know, the game that we were both uh, very not too surprised about and that was LAFC and Austin really no polite way to say this to Austin fans. And I apologize, but y'all, y'all got whipped. Um, and listen, there is, there's no shame in it. <laughs> that's a, that was a really tough ass to go to LAFC and uh, get a result in those circumstances. And, uh, yeah, just <clears throat> LAFC is, is, is rampant. And that, that scoreline actually kind of flattered Austin a little bit too. So um, yeah, did, did you did you have any main like thoughts or takeaways from this? Like, the, like, anything strike you or surprise you about that game?
0: So I don't know if anything surprised me. I think one of the interesting things is that uh, I was surprised how like transitiony LAFC were. Like I thought they would be a little <laughs> bit more press and possess. Like we're going to disrupt Austin's ability to get into the middle third and like yeah all those things and they were a little bit more comfortable with like yes commit commit all your midfielders forward please you have the ball and then we're just gonna run with Vela and Buanga and and Chijo and it was it was interesting to see because I think that's been a bit of a thing that people have talked about with LAFC is that they're unwielding or unyielding in their strategy rather they're they're like we are going to play this way, even if we know in the playoffs it leaves you a little bit more open to teams who are going to bunker counter. It was interesting to see them transition a little bit more on the this awesome side. Of, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, this was one of those interesting. Like, I if you had asked me to guess like the possession stats after the game, I would have said like LAFC probably had something like sixty, but it was actually pretty close, like fifty-one to forty-eight. Um you know, they just were very quick with the ball. They didn't really um, <clears throat> deliberate deliberate on the ball. Um, is that the right word? Can you say deliberate on the ball?
0: We'll sure. say it.
1: We'll say it's fine for now. Uh, you know, and, and, and just like very quick attacks. Like they were definitely looking to just like uh, kind of, kind of um, get the ball and then spring. You know, they're trying those like really long diagonal balls and they, they were extremely effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this kind of got at one of the things that, I saw as a problem for Austin all year was they didn't really have good attacking patterns or, or, or circuits or, or kind of, I don't want to say principles because I don't want to suggest that they're unprincipled because I think um, Wolf is actually quite principled, but I think they didn't really have great attacking ideas other than we're just going to keep throwing numbers forward. And whether that's a fullback or whether that's Alex ring or whether that's Kind of everybody but the center backs and, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Pereira is, and that I think is, especially when you're going to play teams that defend, I think that's hard. Like, even we saw the RSL game. Yeah. They put up a ton of XG in the RSL game, but it's all a lot of like just get wide and cross the ball. And when you're attacking a team with 10 players who are admittedly defending quite well, but you're attacking a team with 10 players for 60 minutes, like you would hope to see some more incisive play than just slam Mm -hmm. crosses and that was kind of more of the same yeah um i think
1: you know it again and i want to say like i I don't think that we've been we've been critical of austin but I, i don't think necessarily like unfairly but i do want to take this opportunity to say like that was a great run this year. Like that was, you know, whether it was was underdog or, or people were doubting you or whatever, you know, I, I don't think anybody would have had any anybody would have written down Austin in, in, the, in the Major League Soccer Cup semifinals. So, um, you did well to get here. And I don't know, do we do we have a show? Did we get to talk about the Dallas game? I don't even remember if we talked about that on here. We missed that one.
0: I think we talked before, but not afterwards. But that performance was legit. Like they, yeah, they dism, they. Dis- they Absolutely dismantled Dallas.
1: Yeah, just fully. Like you said, like kind of in the run up to it, you know, like that was a really strong matchup for Austin there. And, um, yeah, Dallas just did not show up for that game at all. And, um, you know, you got to give, I think, some credit to Austin for just kind of saying, like, we're going to stick with what brought us here. And, um, it did not work out because LAFC is a bit of a buzzsaw these days. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I have nothing but uh I have nothing but 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 respect for for the the job that that Austin has done this season and even though it came to a rather uh, abrupt and um brutal end, um you know, a good platform to build from certainly.
0: Well, th- this is the thing and I think like I will I will start by saying I had quite a bit of fun on Twitter after the game reminding the the Austin Absolutely. fans who who had Absolutely. who had replied you to me. Um but I will say, they obviously, everybody was in good fun about it, which I think is quite cool. But I do think there's a lot of really positive things to take away from this season. And again, like we talk about the underlings and the expected goals and all those things, and <clears throat> those things are important when we're talking about predicting future results. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like the scoreboard and the table and the actual results, especially in the playoffs, are really the thing we care about. Like, if you win the XG in a playoff game and you lose, nobody really cares. It's right. not a, it's not a yeah. south. But I think like Austin last year were like a minus 15 expected goal difference team. This year they were close to zero expected goal difference, which is like, yes, zero expected goal difference is not the second best team in the West. But zero expected goal difference is like a fringe playoff team. And yep, that is, is. That is a, a very real and legitimate improvement from a team that was very not good last year and okay at the same time their goal difference swing is like 35 goals because they were a little bit behind their expected goals the year before and this year they're way ahead of their expected goals fine but they are in a place where okay we know there's some pretty clear areas for improvement like stuver is definitely a really good goalkeeper triusi is legitimately really good even if he's maybe not as good as his counting stats say but it's you you have pieces like this is it's not quite the same but they give mm-hmm. me like a little <clears> bit Toronto FC 2014-2015 vibes where like the team was actually terrible and then the next year they were like zero-ish expected goal difference and made the playoffs and got stomped by Montreal and then the next year they add they go from Defoe to Jovinko And they upgrade in the attack and then it's like, oh, they're like the eighth best team in the league and they have a deep playoff run. And that's, I think, like a good place. Like that's a really fun place to be where there is actually a lot of upward mobility still.
1: Let me ask you something a little more broadly here. When you say like what I hear a lot, I I think this is just kind of a commentator trope in, in Major League Soccer playoffs. But one thing that like they will say before every game, one thing they'll say after every game is, you know, well, you gotta have you know these difference makers. You gotta have these are the guys that win these types of games for you. And it, it comes across to me as very, um, I don't know, like <laughs> Pat <laughs> like to say like, well, Austin, you know, didn't win because drew you know, just did he wasn't the difference maker, you know. And 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 how true do you think that is? Like, how, like how much does having that one like star, that one incredible player, uh. How much can that carry you in like one game, like with, with, with the chips all on the table like that?
0: Well, I think, I think there's like two things to break down. Like, I think on one hand, having the best player on the field is a legitimate tactical advantage. Like, Always it good. is it is it is a thing that teams have to plan for. Where, like, if we take the Galaxy Nashville matchup, Hany Mukhtar is the best player on the field, maybe. Maybe targeted allocation messy is up there But <laughs> but probably but probably It's any Mukhtar And the Galaxy had to sell out So much of their structure to stop Mukhtar that if Nashville Had like really any secondary creation Like that player is going to flourish And this is the thing again to bring it back To Toronto is like Giovinco Was so dominant That teams would sell out everything To take him away like fouling And whatever doubling like, man-marking, and then you still had, like, Pete Josie Altador, who was really good, and you have Michael Bradley, and you had a Victor Vasquez, and you had all these secondary guys where, if you look at Toronto FC's playoff runs, like, Giovinco is not super prolific in the playoffs for Toronto FC, but he draws so much attention that he does stuff for other guys. Mm-hmm. And so I think saying like, oh, Drewsy wasn't a difference maker today is like a little bit outcome oriented. We're like, well, he didn't score, so he didn't make the difference. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But I do think those players are super valuable and I think looking forward for Austin, like this is where getting that next DP signing right, presumably they're not going to hold on to Rigoni, or I don't know, they'll do something different. Like if you have a second guy who's not like Maxi Aruti or Musajite, like, there's there's something there.
1: Yeah, you know this was one of the things that I think we all kind of pointed to when we were talking about Austin's overperformance was looking at a guy like Maxi Rudie going like this is not this is not normal, this will not continue this Maxi Rudie scoring a lot of goals thing. Um, and then you did you see you saw him really dry up towards the end of the year and um, you know I guess the only time he scored was well, unfortunately <laughs> rather a rather unfortunate own goal here in this last one. Um, and obviously it was the most hilarious moment of, of both matches, I think. Um, but yeah, if you get somebody that's a little more reliable, that's a little less mercurial in that kind of role there, like I, I think that's a much more dangerous team going forward next year. And it's something they should absolutely look to do. Like That's a position they should 100% try and upgrade on.
0: Yeah, definitely a secondary attacker, whether that's a nine or a winger. I think they could probably do with some additions in midfield. Like I think Alex Ring is a nice player, but I think if he's a DP for you, that's probably not the level of output you need in terms of ball winning progression or shots and shot assists. Like I think there's a reason why NYCFC moved on from him like almost mm-hmm. three years ago now. A very good player, I, I think you just sure. not if like, he's in if he's on, makes, TAM, yeah, if he's on makes, TAM, you're super about it.
1: Yeah, bringing that guy on as a dp in like your first mls season like makes a lot of sense to me um
0: you yeah, know he's especially a, at, he's a floor raiser he's a floor yeah raiser for
1: especially sure. at that time you know like what he was like that kind of profile he was coming out i mean you know at that time even when NYCFC moved on from him i think a lot of people myself included were a little bit surprised because he was a very um <clears throat> highly uh you know regarded defensive midfielder and uh yeah if you could get that and you know, certainly they, they paid them well. So, um, but yeah, right now I don't know if that profile is where you want to spend DP money, and I don't know if you can kind of extricate yourself from that or not. Uh, that might be another year or two down the line, but it, but that is definitely something you kind of want to think about. Is you want guys like that maybe more on the the, the, the TAM dollars? You know, just go get your Ricky Puig. Just go get your Ricky Puig on <laughs> TAM. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, Austin.
0: Um, what, what what did you think of LAFC? Because I think. Even like, I think the expectations for them are quite high because they're they've been very good for multiple years. But I think, <clears throat> yeah, I was really impressed. Boy, I
1: you know I just never I get so uh, like viscerally angry about LAFC sometimes, like how good they can be, <laughs> like just on their day. Like I've watched them just completely, just blow teams off the park, like good teams. Um, you know, I've seen them play very good Seattle teams in the regular season and just like make them look like a college team, like like nothing uh, when that press gets going, when that whole thing happens, when Bella's like in his form, um, you know, I thought they were excellent. I, you know, I they could have scored five or six that game and I would not have thought that was unfair um, to anybody uh, Stuber, you know, did, did as much as he could, God bless him, you know, but, but just uh, uh, eventually, you know, the, 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 gates just kind of broke open a little bit who I'm really impressed with, uh, in our underlying numbers, just, just adore him is, uh, Bulanga, who is not somebody I thought like, Oh, this is, this is going to be like, this is going to be a great player. This is going to be like the second half of the season guy. Um, but, but he's been fantastic. You know, he hasn't, I don't think he's gotten quite the amount of goals that you would want from him, but like, just what a what a hassle! And like, imagine having to like deal with him and Carlos Vela at the same time if you're if you're trying to, to nullify LaFC.
0: Yeah, I think he he's one where like his Liga numbers were really nice. Like for they were really nice for a player like coming to MLS. Mm-hmm. Like not really nice for like oh PSG Marseille Lyon should like look at this guy, but they were. Nice for league Gun, a peakage Lee Gun winger. Yeah. And I think he was like kind of bad the first two games he played, or at least like wasn't, he was, wasn't getting shots, but G Plus loved him right away.
1: Yeah, I think his thing was he was just he missed a few chances that looked really good. And I think that people were just kind of like immediately. As you do, you know if you're not yeah. an LAFC fan, <laughs> you just immediately point at him and go like, "Look at this flop!" Uh, but boy, I would not want to line up against him and Vela and Arango the, and Pachu and, th- and <laughs> Suárez and Oh yeah, no. The, you know. the
0: the thing that I think <laughs> is like really fun about their attack is that uh, he he especially, but Vela as well are they're both so good at like showing between lines. So you have to really, really tighten like your vertical spacing as a team, because if you have a big gap between your midfield and your back line, like these guys are going to get it to feet and turn and run at your defenders. Mm-hmm. But if you tighten your lines and then you squeeze your lines higher, because you don't want to defend in your 18 yard box, you just leave them uh, big spaces to run into. And like, their whole back four can pass, and Ilya yep. can pass, and Acosta can pass, and Zifu can pass. And it's like you're just and and like Arango both runs in behind and pin center backs, and the other guy of Vela and Buenga is gonna run in behind or is gonna show feet or is gonna pin fullback. And it's like there just isn't a good answer tactically when they're all going. And like, I thought C. Fuentes was really poor in this game. Like, I thought he just didn't have a good game at all. And they were still like, it was like 1.5 XG and 15 shots to zero. Just yeah.
1: the game. Well, you know, one thing that was curious to me, I never really got a good read on it. I don't know, tactically speaking, maybe this is a tactical thing you might know. Certainly, you're, you're better at that than I am. But uh, what was the deal with pulling Kihlini off for uh, Ibiaga? Did, what, what was going on there? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't really. Yeah, they said like it's probably injury, and then they came back on. And said like they said it was tactical, and I was like, well, that's a really weird thing to do.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't really know. They they did the Palacios sub, I think around the same time, but I'm not sure. I um, no, think it was halftime they, like, they they, they, like they like switched Chiellini. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think one of the things with Chiellini is that he's just not that quick anymore. Mm -hmm. especially if you're going to start to, like, strangle games and start to press higher. It's really hard to play him, especially in a back four. Um, But I don't know. It's a weird one. And I think this is, like, a really interesting thing with them where they have these, in Bale and Chiellini, they have $3 million of salary. They're like, yeah, like, we'll use you contextually. Not even... <clears> no and other Tello. Team, there's no, yeah yeah and that's not even talking about Tello. that's like, like there's no other team in the league who who can do that
1: like i would love to be able to look at this lafc team and go well yeah sure they're great but come on they got quote unquote tam level gareth bale you know and like Chiellini and tell they're not even using these guys
0: well <laughs> like, like it, so so like take take this in uh, Mendez, who they traded for from Orlando, they traded like a decent amount of allocation for. And yeah. Mendez is like pretty solid midfielder. Yeah. Comes, comes on to play 13 minutes. Latif Blessing, who's like been, uh, if not best 11, a best 11 caliber midfielder under Bob Bradley's tenure, doesn't even play in this game. Just does not even get on the field. Bale doesn't even play in this game. Tello, Tello. doesn't even play in this game. They like Paul Chiellini at the half. Like, it's just... It, it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't know. Like, I'm... I'm I don't am i want to get, like, ahead of myself because I think... I do think if they win this year, like, that's a really good and cool thing. Like, it's... They're a smart organization who pushes the salary cap to the absolute limits. And they have really good talent ID. Um, and they play a cohesive style that is... If not analytically optimal, is quite good in terms of maximizing good <laughs> yeah. chances and all those and sorts of things. So to they watch, win, yeah, if they win, like good, they deserve it. Good for them. Um, but they go into next year with all these players with escalators and bonuses and uh, guys, guys, yeah. guys like Mendez who, like the talk with Mendez leaving Orlando for such a cheap price is that he was definitely going to be a rental because he wants a DP contract on his renewal. So. And if they don't win this year, the chips have very much been pushed in, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious to see what the long-term repercussions are.
1: It does, and it will make you kind of ask yourself, like, okay, like, what was the... This is kind of why I think you, like, if people do have any kind of complaints about these sort of backloaded contracts, it's because you don't want your teams... Like, MLS can say yes or no to these sorts of deals, right? Like, they can say, like, no, we're not. That's not a thing that's going to happen, and usually you probably don't want to encourage this kind of like roster building because it does kind of put a lot of pressure on the next year, and it puts like you know we saw the galaxy you know go right up to the line with you know trying to figure out how to you know get rid of one of their DPS one year, um, yeah, and you know there was the
0: Santos I think
1: yeah, and there, there was this sense like like well, what what are we going to do if they just don't you know <laughs> like, what is anyone going to do about it and I I think you know so I, I do think that. MLS gave them the space to kind of do this weird project. And I'm, I'm glad there's, there's a part of me that's glad that, that I'm seeing this happen without those particular players playing such a huge role because it would be a little bit more like, huh? But, you know, no, all credit to them. I mean, amazing that you have this many, like this much firepower on the bench that you're just just not even using because you don't
0: need it. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see. And I think we'll talk about it when we preview the final, but I think. Their ability to to set themselves up in different ways in terms of being transition-y, dominating possession, it sets up the final really interestingly in terms of how the game can go.
1: Yeah. Well, let's um, we'll, we'll move on to the next game here. But but before I gotta I gotta pin you down on this now, Karen. Are you doubting Austin next year?
0: Uh, I I have. I this is a big announcement. I have downgraded Austin from frauds okay. to to merely not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. My my yeah. guess is they'll finish like seventh
1: next year. Seventh place. All right. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Um, all right. Well, in the other game out east, uh, very different game, um, but also uh, similar in um, kind of team profiles a bit, you know, I think MICFC has a, a bit more glitz and glamour to them being, uh, you know, Manchester City, America, and then Philadelphia is a little more of our, you know, uh, good old hardworking. What's the, what's their meme now? Blue collar. I guess they're blue collar now. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Why not? Let's go with it. Uh, you know, and a uh, just a sudden flurry of, of offense in this game. Uh, this one was really, really interesting to me. And I think at halftime, if you had asked me to say like, go, okay, who's going to win this? I probably would have said, well, I think NYCFC probably has a little more control of this game, but, uh, boy, it, that's not how it came out. Was it?
0: No, it, it, it was really, this might've been my favorite playoff game so far, which probably says more about me than it does about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so, it was such a fun and like weird tactical game. So, mm-hmm. you have NYCFC are like nominally playing a 3 4 3, but Maxi is playing in the double pivot, which is like, okay, sure, in possession defensively, like, uh, I don't know about that. But then it's not actually a 3-4-3 three, three. They're playing like a guy that they drafted Who's from the Red Bull Academy Is playing this like He's playing as a wingback defensively But in possession it turns into a 4-2-3-1 And they're like Popping the center back out As a fullback And I was like Oh this is really cool And you're getting two players either side of Philly's 10 Because Philly are just going to press in a diamond And that's what they're going to do no matter what and the whole first half, it was just like messy. There was just nothing. And it was like both teams were like, yeah, we are in a weird equilibrium. And until somebody scores, nothing is going to change. And then New York City scored. They almost score again off of a crazy Andre Blake save. And then the game is chaos from there.
1: Yeah. Then it just breaks completely wide open. And this is kind of what we've seen Philly sort of do to teams.
0: Yeah. I, I think that this is kind of what Philly do to teams is they are the way they press with their diamond is so good at just making teams play kind of similarly to them, where we saw in with New York against um against Montreal and, and against Cincinnati is we saw wait, did they play Cincinnati? I don't know. Whoever they played before, Montreal. We saw like a lot of really slick central combos, like bounces and people running in behind and flicks and all the South American guys are doing their flary South American things. And then in the Philly game it's just like a total mess. And like you until the goal, you don't really get like any of that combination play and any of the kind of nice movements. And really aside from the goal, they didn't get any of the whole game.
1: Do you think I know that there were some you could make a pretty good case that, that NYC was in a little bit of a suboptimal lineup, right? Like that can be, 100%. yeah, <laughs> I don't think you can ignore that in, in a way. It's sort of ironic given what Philly had to deal with last season, um, you know, in this, in this, this mirror fixture, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I, it's, it's a very, like if this is the kind of thing that we could see Philly, like doing forever, I'm going to be happy. Like they're just so, it's so entertaining to just watch like the floodgates open and you just see them like pick their heads up and they just kind of just become, I don't know. Like they're just, they're so quick. They're so direct. They're so to the point with the ball. Um, You know, that first goal was just like, what? Like, and like, they just kind of fell asleep a little bit there. And like, just, just a quick, what was it? Just a free kick, like a quickly taken free kick to like a shot.
0: Yeah. It's like Car- Carranza, like yeah, I, I think there was a sub too, so it's like things are like a little bit disorganized, and Karan yeah. just like makes a good run along the line, and it's like little slip and great finish, and I think like I I, I tweeted during the game how. Like, I realize that I am getting older because I really like watching Philly play super direct and yeah. <laughs> like just smash long balls and like flick ons for a second strike running in behind. Are like, yes, that's the good stuff. There's, but like, yeah, it, it's, it is really entertaining to watch.
1: There's this kind of idea that. I think is going, well, I don't know. Like, I, I think we still, there's this remnant of this idea that like beautiful soccer is, you know, deliberate and slow. And like, there's a lot of possession and, and, and tiki taka and, and all that, you know, like that's playing the game the right way. And like, yeah, I, it has its place, but like, yeah, for me, this is like, this is the good stuff. <laughs> like Get that ball down the field and start putting shots on goal. Uh,
0: and, I, and that's what they do. Yeah. And I, I think one of the interesting things with Philly is that, they can play, yeah. like they they will play very fast and direct, and that like they are a lower possession team. And I think uh, on a quick aside, like I think Jim Curtin Jim Curtin won Coach of the Year this year, and I think it's really fun, and and frankly, like a, a very big testament to him as a coach that like. Jim Curtin used to play like very slow four three three possession ball with Harris Madunyan in as like the linchpin linchpin of everything he did, mm-hmm. and now he plays like diamond pressy red bull ball, yeah. but with, with like a little bit more, a little bit more finesse in possession, and I think that's it's really hard to do that as a coach, and so I think that's really cool, but I it think it's, it's yeah.
1: Yeah, it does. Be it, it is credit to him to see like that adjustment being made. And like so many coaches just get so into their own system, their own style. This is how we're going to do it. And if it's not working, it's because I don't have the personnel I need to play my game the right way I want to play it. And this guy was like, let's just take the personnel we got and do something different. And it's worked so, so well. Um, I don't know. For me. It's a little different for us, I guess, because you're a Toronto guy and I'm a Seattle guy. So we've had a lot of MLS cups to be excited about over the last like five, six years. Uh, but as like a neutral, like this has got to be the most appetizing MLS Cup final we've had in quite some time.
0: Well, I think after all the drama and like freaking out about the, the playoffs are broken, the best teams never make the final. It's like, yeah. well, no, the best teams made the final, and it's they great. Cut. And they kind of stomped everyone the whole way. Yeah, it's so really like, good. <laughs> and I, and so I, I guess we could probably just transition into talking about the final. But like, I am so excited. Like, if Styles make fights, this is a fight. And what's great is that
1: neither one of these teams is going to do something different.
0: No, no, no. Like they're they <laughs> they are. So I think. I think there will be like small adjustments. Like, yeah, I wonder if we will see LAFC go to a back three to try and like manage two strikers a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: I think like diamond press against the back three is like a bit of an awkward matchup because the wing backs are fairly accessible and like blah 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 blah. But I, I like that is interesting to me, and we've seen LAFC play a three a lot this year. But then, are they worried about? Like their numbers in the middle of the pitch, so do they go four, three three to get more numbers inside like it's it 's going to be i don 't think Philly will change anything that i 'm fairly confident about, but I yeah. do think l a f c has like a bunch of really interesting adjustments they can make that will very wildly swing things for them.
1: I guess LAFC do have a lot more in the way of options, don't they? With their personnel, like we've talked about, just like what they have sitting on the bench currently. (laughs) It's just
0: not even part of it. So this this is what I wanted to talk about earlier in relation to Gareth Bale, is like Philly can test possession a lot less than someone like Austin or Mm -hmm. the Galaxy do. Sure. But they also don't sit really deep like they will set the diamond up pretty high. And then if the initial press is broken, then they'll drop off. And it's going to be like, there's to me, there's a real chance that this game ends up being like LAFC are like, screw your press. We, we we're going (laughs) to, we're going to, we're going to try and play through every time. And you're going to get like Vela Buenga Arango running three V four. And then, they're and then like Kai Wagner is going to win the ball or something, or Burrito Martinez is going to win the ball. And then you're going to have the two strikers and the 10 running against like Ilier and two center backs with no fullbacks for help. And right. gonna be a, <laughs> it's just going to be a track meet. Like the last time these teams played was like a three three crazy draw. And then the world had a global pandemic.
1: Yeah, that is the last time they played, isn't it? Wow. I think so. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so that I mean this is just uh you know, from a neutralist perspective, it's just so incredible. And you know, if you're an LAFC fan, LAFC fan you know, it sounds like you can't park or you can't park at the game. So we don't know what kind of <laughs> what's going on for you guys there. Uh but I I mean I'm just excited for um it's hard not to I guess Philly feels a little bit like an underdog still. Um I don't know if it's deserved or not, but certainly going across the country like that playing a team with this kind of payroll it does feel a little david and goliath even if that's not very accurate because philly has been stomping teams on the reg um, so i don't know what's your what's your sense on that like like narrative no, for sure. It, yeah
0: I, for sure i think like i think there's a few parts to it like i think you look at the star players for each team and it's like okay you're you're casual soccer fan in the u.s probably knows who carlos Vela is probably like definitely knows who gareth bale is probably knows who chialini is but like if you asked your like average <laughs> guy who like goes to the pub to watch premier league games on a saturday or whatever like does he know who julian carranza is and Jose <laughs> Martinez you, are. What do you what do you think of Danny Gazdag? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, like, do they like? And these guys are really good players. Like, some of these guys are definitely being sold for like multiples of what they've paid for them. And Bazo is going to go to the World Cup. Yeah, Kai, Kai uh, Wagner is probably going to be sold to the Bundesliga, like or to yeah. Leeds or something like that. But that's like there is an air of like smallness to them, and I think you add in. Ernst Tanner's comments about LAFC earlier in the season. Oh, I forgot about that whole narrative too. Yeah. And like, it's just going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm really curious. This is like such a, a a very random thing to be curious about, but because they're traveling so far, Mm -hmm. I wonder when they're going to leave for California.
1: Yeah, I don't really know. You've had some 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 coaching experience. Like I that's that's a whole logistical thing. I have no sense of like what's the best thing to do, so, what's the best way to do it.
0: So when like when TFC were in their deep Champions League run, they just stayed in Mexico. Like they yeah. they were in Mexico for like two weeks and they sent like the USL team to go play Houston in the league or something like that, and they lost five no. mil. But it, they just like stayed there cause the travel, it's like a five hour flight and like you're gets, and it's a change of time difference. Time difference. Yeah. And so like I, and I know when, when Seattle came to play Toronto and Toronto hosted, they came on the Thursday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And they trained at the TFC training ground Thursday and Friday um, or Thursday. And then Friday, everybody trained on the stadium. Um so I don't know, but like that's like Seattle to Toronto is a similar, a similarly distanced flight as Philadelphia to Los Angeles. But I won like I wonder with MLS Home Advantage and like Philadelphia are a reasonably analytically inclined organization. Like I wonder if they're like, man, home advantage is crazy. Like go on Tuesday, go train, just go. go train it <laughs> yeah. <at> like Caltech <laughs> or something, and like just get acclimatized. I don't know. I'm so curious. I mean I, not
1: knowing anything about the science of it whatsoever, that's what I would suggest them do. Uh but again, like I'm sure they have people that that think about this and they'll like, no, if you stay too long, you know, you'll get California foot. And they're like, Oh yeah, you can't have <laughs> California foot, you know. The players
0: too much in and out before the game. <laughs> yeah. It's just Yeah. I, you I know, will say just, as as a <laughs> I am I am very happy it's being played at Bank of California and not Super Park. I was complaining about this during the game, and I don't know what it is. And I hope this changes with the Apple deal. But so many of the stadiums in this league, and it's mostly the Eastern Conference stadiums where it's like colder and drier. Yeah. But the broadcast looks so muted and dull and like terrible all the time. Yeah. Like Philly and, and NYCFC have like actually quite nicely colored kits. And you're watching the broadcast, and it's like, no, it is black against white. It's like well, yeah. that's not even the color of the kids, but I feel like all the California games, the grass is so much greener.
1: Oh, it just pops! Everything just pops for sure. <laughs> turn
0: turn <laughs> the contrast up on the final. That's my that's my broadcast take.
1: That's the play. That's the play right there. Well, let's 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 do it, Karen. Let's get down to brass tacks. Who is going to win Major League Soccer Cup
0: this season? I I want prediction. I want Philly so bad. I want Philly so bad but I like I just see too I see too many solutions for LAFC that if something goes wrong they can change to where like if Philly start losing I don't know what solution they have other than kick the ball further. Yeah. And so I will begrudgingly take LAFC as much as I will be cheering for the Union.
1: Yeah, I have to mirror that exactly. Like I, I there's just a bit too much that plus the home field advantage is already a big thing. Huge, huge, huge. Um, you know, the stakes, what they are. I don't want to say that I feel like can't do it. Like, I don't know what the odds were like 65 35, I think for LAFC that feels, that feels about right to me. Um, I might even nudge it a little closer to LAFC just cause of home field, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I certainly am not ruling Philadelphia out and I wouldn't be surprised if they do what they do and just like score three goals in 12 minutes again. And like, that's just how the game goes. Like we, we've seen them do it enough and we we know that they're capable of it. And if LAFC like take their foot off the gas or nap or, or get sloppy, like for even a few minutes, like that's all it takes for them to just kind of pry that game open. But yeah, I mean I, I think I think we're probably gonna see an LAFC double this year. And uh it's first time we've had that happen in a while. And I'm kinda glad that the champion might be the champion. That that all works out well in the end, uh narratively for me. Like I I like it when it ties up in a little bow like that.
0: Uh but yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Um I see I don't know how fractional odds work, but LAFC are like reasonable favorites four yeah. four four four, to nine. And then the union are like 13 to eight. Yeah. That it's a pretty big, yeah.
1: I, I mean like that, those odds, like actually like, you know, even when we were looking at like five thirty eight odds earlier today, I don't know if I was talking to you about that or not, that the, like to even get like that, like that one in three to go to LAFC and get like a one in three on the road against LAFC, like shows just how strong, like people they're, still think this team is, and like these mathematical models still think this team can be this
0: Philadelphia no, they're, team. No, their so. their SPIs <laughs> are are basically identical. Yeah, like they're as far as five thirty eight are concerned. Concerned, like this is purely home advantage.
1: Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, we don't have trivia today because we have no Harrison. It would just be you quizzing me, which doesn't sound as interesting. But I think we had a listener question. Did we? Did we?
0: Yeah, we did. Um, Joel who is a member of the patron discord, which feel free Mm. to say your usual plug. Um, He was asking a question kind of in relation to the whole, like, if we want the better team to win more often, what would we change? But he was asking more, like if we were to change soccer, what would we change?
1: Oh, so not like the format, but like soccer
0: itself. Yeah. So like we think about like, basketball is like much higher scoring so the -hmm. variance is much much lower compared to lower scoring sports like soccer or hockey Um, and it was like kind of what, what would you change without just making it score more goals and I think that was a really interesting question we got a few like Cool responses in the ASA Slack about it. Like, so one thing, like Paul Harvey, who's been putting a really cool playoff this is So I definitely recommend following him on Twitter if you don't already. I don't know what his ad is, but I'm sure you'll find him. Um, he was talking about removing headers, so you would have like less just like crazy spammed crosses, and it would be teams who actually like play soccer. So maybe your yeah. team, but. Um, so that was a cool one. My, uh, Mike and Burgio said we should play 162 games a season. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, I think that believe me, if, if they could, they would.
1: Oh, that, oh. that,
0: that, that TV money. Oh, that TV if, money. If, Don,
1: if Don could run these dudes out 162 times a year, he, he would.
0: He would. <laughs> and... So the one the one that came up that I think is the most interesting and uh, Chuk and I were talking about this and Chuk is a legendary soccer follower. He's mostly absent now, but for the OGs yeah. in the field, Chuk, Chuk is legit. He's the man. We, we were talking about if you made soccer with less players, would it be more or less variant? So if you played like indoor soccer is like five v five or six v six, yeah, is that more or less variant?
1: Well, indoor soccer is interesting, of course, because you just have actual random bounces.
0: Yeah, and I think like one of the things that we kind of ended up talking about was the fewer players you have, the more that your best players matter. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're talking about MLS specifically, because of the way like roster construction works, I think if you played 5v5 MLS soccer, you would have a lot less variance because you just wouldn't have to play like some eighteen-year-old kid from Princeton. Like that just would well, never happen.
1: I think if you keep the ball, like, like let's stay outside and let's take like wall deflections. out yeah, yeah. of the, Ignore, the whole yeah, concept. It's still, real soccer. Um, yeah, I think the more players you have, like that, creates more of a um, an element of chaos, right? And I think if you're like a weak team. Versus a strong team, you know, you want chaos more than anything else. You want chaotic things to happen. You're, you're trying to play balls into the box. Uh, you're able to just kind of, there are more of you than there are, you know, the goal and theoretically, right? Like you can defend that like a little bit more if you have more players, if you cut that down to like four or five players, like don't cut the goals, for example, um, you know, like you're going to see definitely a lot more of like the quote unquote quality, I think, come through. Um, yeah, that's what I would probably do. Just put, I would cut the amount of players out there in half. Uh,
0: I think, I think this like merges. I don't think that. that's good, to be clear. I don't, I'm not
1: saying do no. that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no,
1: no. <laughs> but if, the, if this were like, a, if I got to change one rule to, to greatly like tilt it more into the favor of like the stronger teams, like I, I would definitely just say, yeah, they put less players out there would be the one
0: this this would not tilt it in favor of stronger teams, but my my one rule if I was commissioner for if I was like director of FIFA and I could unilaterally change rules is I would introduce wide penalties. I would like break the penalty box down further, and so these like ticky tack fouls that happen on the edge of the area that are like not dangerous to anyone do not get a seventy eight percent chance at a goal.
1: You have yes. to take it from
0: like the side of the penalty box. So you get like a chance at a goal but it's like In a weird angle so you'll have all these Weird specialist guys who can now finish from Angles like like I think Aguero used to like Murder his XG from like Zero to six yards on the sideline Because he was really good at hitting it This very specific way Get so those. That's, that's uh, <laughs> what
1: I want. The weirdos. <laughs> Bring in those rugby players that hit those, like, really like lean yes, angles, you the know, with the things. Right. Yeah. Just get some of those guys to train them up how to, like, come in and, and take a set piece or a penalty. Uh, I love that. I'm, frankly, like, very tired of penalties and how much of a, um what an influence they have on the game. uh You know, so, that was an interesting uh, thing we didn't really, we didn't talk about with the LAFC Austin was, like, I was, I don't know, did, that looked like that should have been a penalty to Austin there. Um, but at the same time, like, I was really glad they didn't give it. Cause like, come on.
0: Yeah. I, it was one of those where I was like, I, I think this is a penalty, but I also understood it like not yeah. being a and obvious here.
1: Yeah. Like I was like, this is one of the few times, like usually I'm very much like a strict, like now you foul them. It's a penalty. It's gotta be a penalty. Otherwise what are we doing? But like I watched it, I was like, that's a penalty, but I'm going to be really upset if like they get a goal out of that because that was nothing. Even though it was something, so I was really I was impressed and surprised that the ref was actually able to go to the like. Usually, when they go to the 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 booth, like it's getting overturned. Like they don't call them over if it's not going to get overturned. Yeah,
0: um, I will say I think the the quality of officiating in the playoffs has been really good. Yeah, which it's is been like, solid. i usually uh, yeah, suck, but I think like the 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 quality of officiating with with some like weird. Teams and lineups like Philly are not an easy team to ref. Like, Jose Martinez is like, I'm gonna pick (laughs) up an early yellow and I'm gonna walk along the line the whole game. Have fun!
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just like, let's see. Do you, how much of a factor do you want this to be?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I think they've done a really good job, and I think the rest yeah. deserve some
1: credit. They do deserve some credit. I have actually not heard any roughing controversies, and even I didn't hear a lot of Austin fans complaining about that non penalty. And even though I, I would have been furious if it had happened to my team. Yeah, uh, and I, th-
0: I think that some of that is like they got so comprehensively trounced. They, they do, like, it wouldn't have cares. mattered that
1: much. It would yeah. have been nice to put one on the scoreboard, I guess, but yeah, uh, yeah probably that. Well, well, all right. I mean, I think that's all we've really got to talk about today. And um, certainly we'll probably be back, if not next week, soon to kind of wrap up the whole season, hopefully with with Harrison back in tow. And, um, you know, I I guess go Philly, I guess is what we're saying as an official American soccer analysis
0: uh, platform here. I believe that is the the party line is go the union party line go Philly. You know, we, are we, very, we are very pro union here at ASA it's go union
1: but if LAFC wins it's fine no this they, is they, absolutely they, they Again, deserved it
0: I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah. another reasonably analytically driven organization yeah. like they're, they're it's also fine what is what is Will I I don't want to say his last name because it's a swear word but what's that Will guy's official title oh I don't know. I don't know. He's so, assistant GM or some, some yeah. something, something higher. But he used to write for stats Bomb. Like that's that's a pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty cool. Like they're they're legit as well.
1: They're legit. So either team that wins will be happy. But go Philly, I guess. Um, thank you all for joining us on this episode. Thank you to uh, Kieran Doyle for uh, having a conversation with me. You can follow him on Twitter at k i e r Doyle. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. That's a handle F-O-R-E-N-I-A-N. Follow American Soccer Analysis. That's at Analysis Evolved. And please visit the website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. Hopefully we'll have some articles going up this week. I do think we have a couple things kind of in the hopper, but if not, we got great data. We got playoff stuff you can kind of take a look at. All the tables are there as always. Uh, And if you appreciate what we do and thank you for appreciating what we do and you want to support us and help us cover these always rising server costs. More and more people are accessing the tables every day and it's uh, getting harder and harder to keep up with. Um, If you want to help us out and support us in a fun way, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash American soccer analysis. There's a $5 a month tier. Um, and that will get you access to our patrons online discord where we have a, a lot of really cool people in there right now like uh, good networking opportunities if you're looking for, for a job in the analytics sphere uh, and just great conversations with some really really smart analytically minded soccer fans and uh, that $5 a month makes a ton of difference to us on our back end so uh, please check that out if it, it's a fun way to, to support us and what we do and we, we'd really appreciate that um, we will be back uh, in the next week or two to wrap up this whole season and until then enjoy some championship soccer.